On October 1st, 2021, prominent billboards and displays around the world began displaying the number 30. Although the message surely went over some people's heads, both literally and figuratively, it was easy to interpret for fans of English singer-songwriter and pop sensation Adele. Those two simple numerals announced that her fourth studio album was coming soon, and the anticipation from fans, both hardcore and casual, was palpable. On November 19th of that same year, the album dropped. Her latest album was inspired by her recent divorce with her former partner, Simon Konecki. This isn't necessarily new ground for Adele, although this is her first divorce. Her sophomore album, 21, was also inspired by the end of a relationship, and nowhere is that more apparent than on the album's lead single and opening track. Quote, It was my reaction to being told that my life was going to be boring and lonely and rubbish, and that I was a weak person if I didn't stay in the relationship. I was very insulted, and wrote that as a sort of fuck you, said Adele. The album also marked the start of Adele's working relationship with award-winning producer Paul Epworth. Adele was hesitant at first, but later called their working together a match made in heaven. It's hard to argue that, given that the pair managed to create a monumental hit single in the course of an afternoon. Epworth wasn't the only major player to influence the single that topped the charts in 12 countries. A Nashville bus driver is credited with turning Adele on to country music during the American tour for her first album, 19. The driver hooked her up with a CD of Wanda Jackson's greatest hits, and Adele began expanding her musical palette from there. The end result, which Adele describes as a, quote, dark bluesy gospel disco tune, end quote, is a multiple award-winning, inescapable piece of pop culture. If you've experienced a piece of media sometime during the 2010s, then there's a good chance this single was involved somehow. That's right, we're talking Rolling in the Deep by Adele on Cover Me. That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that compares famous songs to their many cover versions to find out which one could have had it all. I'm your host as always, The Snake, joined by my fiery co-host, Alex Mildenberger. Alex Mildenberger, what is going on? What is going on? I don't know, just think about like Adele and stuff, because her she just put an album out, haven't listened to it yet. But just like yeah, thinking I about it. Listen, it, it's literally yesterday it came yeah, out. So, yeah, I listened uh, to the single. Came out like a couple weeks ago, I think. Maybe a month. Yeah, it came out uh, October, maybe a week after those billboards started coming up. Yeah. Easy on me. Yes, that's the so, that's the name of the song. Yeah. A but, uh, response song to Crazy on You. Crazy on you, easy on me. <laughs> easy on me. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. The long uh, yeah, I gave the whole response. album a listen. It's, uh, and it was kind of weird because we, I've been having this song rolling in the deep kind of as my Adele focal point. And this song in particular is sort of a, like a black sheep from the rest of her work, which is more like soul ballad kind of focus. Like it's a lot of slower stuff. It's very emotional. Not that this one isn't emotional, but it's more of your like, you know, that's the word I'm looking for. I want to say sappy, but you know, the, the non derogatory form of that word. Sentimental? sentimental there you go it's about more sentimental value and that's kind of what ran throughout this album i only listened to it once but it is much there's nothing that really comes out like with a, a pumping you know bit of energy like this song does um but yeah on a first listen i can't really say whether it's good or bad i'm not like really an adele fan i don't dislike her though um Alex, yeah, tell she's... me about your complicated relationship with adele though i mean she's 
she's been around and quite popular for the last you know decade or so uh even mm-hmm. though she hasn't necessarily released a ton of stuff like this is her fourth album in that time which i guess is not Mm -hmm. a small amount like it's a regular release but she's been out of i think the public eye for the last little while anyway Um, it's very easy to know when she releases an album because they're all named after her age roughly i think she released 25 when she was 26 but yeah like when she recorded or wrote the songs or whatever yeah Um, but like really i i kind of remember 10 years ago give or take when when this album came out it was kind of very suddenly very big and Mm -hmm. even even my parents were like very into it and i think that was kind of the first time i noticed they were actually listening to like modern popular music and it was definitely one of the first times they did in like a while it might you know my dad is more into the like classic rock stuff and and my mom always you know listen to more modern things but this was more popular i think than that so it seemed like oh suddenly they listen to this pop music you know Um, right and i've i've heard a lot of these songs a lot because i mean my story is uh my parents when they would have guests over would always just like connect the the um macbook to bluetooth or whatever and hit play on itunes so it would just start with a so it would be like it would always start with Adele, and then like Alan Parsons Project, and then sometimes we'd get to Bruce Springsteen, but like you know it was it was the early alphabet because they never hit shuffle. They never hit shuffle. I'm yeah. I'm all, I'm actually shocked to to discover from the story that your parents aren't ABBA fans. Uh oh, you know what? They are. I the don't know off the top there maybe. <laughs> n- now that we're thinking about it. I don't know why ABBA wasn't there, because I don't think ABBA was there. Maybe they didn't digitize oh. that particular CD, maybe or maybe they didn't have the CD yet. I don't know. Because, yeah, it, it's, and too much of your story is alphabetical for it to be like an album thing, because numerically, Adele probably would show up before anyone as well, because usually you do your numbers oh, that's before true. letters. That's true, but yeah. you've got these other A artists coming in the mix, and that's... It always started with Adele. So That is but, very funny to So me, maybe though, they just didn't just have like, an oh. ABBA CD. <laughs> Hit play on the iTunes and just just let yeah, it ride. just let it go. It's just like to have something in the background, you know, when people came over, and it would always be. I don't know if they. I I swear they had nineteen, but like I'm looking at nineteen. I don't really know the songs on nineteen, other than I listened to Chasing Pavements, which is one of the like singles, and I'm like, yeah, I know that song, but I actually didn't realize it was Adele. Um, and there's also a version of Make You Feel My Love, which I was like, where the fuck do I know this? Because it's like. I mean, it was apparently written by uh, Bob Dylan, and but the version I know is um, Billy Joel. Okay. Yeah. So that's just a weird thing I noticed. I was like, where do I Just a weird song? connection. Okay. Anyway, those are kind of the singles off of that. Um, but I don't know 19 very well. But yeah, a lot of 21. And then, of course, 25 when that came out, too. Yeah, so 21 took off, like, so hard that, like, even her record label was like, oh, what the fuck, this is like a tiny independent record label, <laughs> right. and suddenly sh- it becomes the fucking number one album just of that year, like... And, and the next year! Like... Yeah! Like, 
it's a breakaway hit. It, it really like it shot her to fame. And you're right. Like she she's not prolific by any means. She's not knocking out. It's not like it's 21, then 22, then 23, then 24. Like yeah, it's there's four, it's every couple it's years. A two year gap between her first and second, and then four to five years between the second and third, and then another five years, four or five years between I mean, the third. Yeah, and, fourth. Oh, but, and she's 33 now actually. So like it, yeah, it's, yeah, a little more time than that. So like. And, and in the meantime, like, she's done a James Bond song, which is a huge That's deal. That's true. That's probably the only other time, the only reason we've talked about her on the show before is... Yeah, uh, for her involvement bringing up in, Skyfall. in James Bond. Uh, which is also Grammy Award winning, her, her Skyfall song. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so, so the, the fact that she just broke out with this and became, like, particularly in the 2010s, like, part of monoculture, like, something everybody knows, that's a much more difficult feat in this current era than in, like, 1960, right? Like, Yeah, there's just way more stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know what caused it necessarily. I, I'm not, I don't know her stuff well enough, you know? Yeah. Well, I know this one, and it was, yeah. like, it's the leading track as the lead single opening track on the album. There are other songs on this album that are still, like, like in the popular consciousness, but I don't think any as much as this one. Yeah, this one's definitely big. Definitely big. Big, big energy. And, we're gonna, cause we'll, and we'll see, there's quite a few big-name covers of this as well. At least a couple. It's depending on how big you think some big names are. We'll True. get into that, but let's talk about let's talk about what makes this work, and let's talk about the lyrics, which are the uh, which holy crap! Coming into this, I was like, yeah, it's about like a because you know I know the 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 chorus. We could have had it all rolling in the deep. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, I get that. It's about a failed relationship, but holy shit, she's she's cutthroat in this yeah. song. It's, it's a pretty angry song, eh? Yeah. Although um, it took me a while, even though it's early on, it took me a while to figure out why it's listed as explicit. But it's just because she, she says shit at one point. Shit. She says shit. Explicit lyrics. Yeah. She That's says shit and you baby. can barely make it out. We're going to have to mark this as explicit. I think I just stopped marking our episodes as explicit, even though we swear like sailors. Yeah. Um, I was also going to try and make this not swearing like sailors for, for the sake of your parents. They could, they could dip into their toes into oh. this episode, but I think it's, it's bit, too late. It's, it's a bit late for that. <laughs> A bit late, uh, but it's not too late to start talking about these lyrics. There's a nope. fire starting in my heart, reaching a fever pitch, and it's bringing me out the dark. Finally, I can see you crystal clear. Go ahead and sell me out. I'll lay your shit bare. Um, I'm going to go through the whole thing. See how I'll leave with every piece of you. Don't underestimate the things that I will do. There's a fire starting in my heart, reaching a fever pitch, and it's bringing me out the dark. Yeah, you get, you get your old start and end with the same line. That's fun. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, a fiery heart is a pretty classic uh, bit of imagery. Uh, here, though, it can mean a lot of things, right? It, it generally just refers to, like, passion, and it can be aggressive like it is here. It can be loving like it is, I don't have Damn. an example, but in other places. Um, it, a burning ring of fire. Is it loving in ring of fire? It's sort of dangerous in ring of fire. Yeah, but there's, there's fire involved. It's usually referring to at least passion of some sort, which can be, like... Come on, baby, light my violent. fire. That's where it's it's yeah, there passionate, you go. but like yeah 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 um yeah but and it's also you're right it's angry here and it's also illuminating because she says it's bringing her out of the dark so it's an enlightening fire. So her anger is yeah allowing her to see things as maybe maybe as they were. Which, yeah, she says I can see you crystal clear, and like she she has she has. 
I'm struggling to think of words. She's got info about this person, you know. Yes. She's like you, um, she saw yeah. layer shit bear. So she can. She's got stuff she can tell because they they've been together, you know. Yeah, she says, go ahead and sell me out, because of course she has, like, she had an American tour at this point. Her first album was successful. It wasn't as successful as this one, obviously, but, like, so she has a name out there. So she's saying, you can go ahead and, like, tell the tabloids or try to get whatever value you can get out of this broken relationship, but I will, f- basically, I will fucking end yeah. you. I'll let your shit bear. <laughs> I see how I'll leave with every piece of you. She's gonna literally tear them apart. Like, it's... <laughs> Yeah. It's intense. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And yeah, even like don't underestimate me, all that stuff. Yeah, very, don't it, very this, competitive. <laughs> this is like classic vengeance. It is. Oh, I did not expect that coming into it this week, but Yeah, I didn't really know the lyrics very well. Like I've as much as I have heard this song, I never really like engaged with it on, on Yeah. Like, I I've engaged personally. with like the rhythm and the melody cuz it's yeah. catchy, but like <laughs> like the lyrical content has just been loose to me mm-hmm. cuz I thought I understood it. Seems like yeah. I mean it's right there in the chorus, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, like uh, we could have had it all. Okay, I understand. <laughs> yeah. Uh pre-chorus. Pre-chorus. The scars yes. of your love remind me of us. They keep me thinking that we almost had it all. The scars of your love, they leave me breathless. I can't help feeling and of course it leads into the chorus the chorus um yeah this is almost almost a moment of softness here yeah it's like kind a ten- of tension nostalgia she's like well the scars of your love remind me of us and and thinking about that she's like we, we almost had it all like we we're almost the perfect relationship yeah which then kind of turns around and and fuels the the fire as it were yeah um, once we get to the chorus um and of course yeah talking about scars scars mm-hmm. being probably metaphorical scars about the the pain inflicted and ending relationship and all that yeah it's uh it's obviously a negative thing to have a scar except they look cool as hell sometimes but yeah (laughs) typically they come from negative experiences uh yeah that's i think that's all really to to chew on in the pre-chorus yeah chorus and yeah it really leads into that chorus yeah i can't help feeling we could have had it all um and these these backing vocals, man. I I thought yeah. they were just like nonsense. They're the, the heaviest shit. We could have had it all. Brackets. You're gonna wish you never had met me. Rolling in the deep. Tears are gonna fall. Rolling in the deep. You had my heart inside of your hand, and you played it to the beat. With more of those backup vocals, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really like that's kind of the root, I guess, of of the anger of the rage is like. They, you know, she thought everything was good, you know, everything was perfect, or that the relationship was positive. Like, they could have been something good, but it was the other person who screwed it up in some way. So it's like this situation where you kind of put everything into something. You think you've achieved whatever, your goal, let's say. And then the other person who you're relying on, who you trust, is the one who kind of betrayed you in the end and made it so that you failed. Because it does take two. That's right. It is. It's a last minute betrayal. It is like classic storytelling. It's like we yeah. could have had everything, but you know, you didn't throw the ring into the fires of Mount Doom. Come on, man. <laughs> that's right. You could play this over the intro to Lord of the Rings. Yeah, so that's fucking, that's what is, I'm saying. Is sealed her. Is sealed her. <laughs> Not throwing the ring into the fires of Mount Doom. That's what. That's the fire, really. It's Mount Doom. Yeah, really. That's that's the fires he's talking about in her heart. Yeah. 
Um, um, I want to talk about the phrase rolling in the deep because there's she has yes. a quote that actually explains it quite clearly. She says it's an adaptation of a kind of slang slur phrase in the UK called roll deep, which means to have someone, always have someone that has your back and you're never on your own. If you're ever in trouble, you've always got somebody who's coming to help and f- help you fight or whatever it is. And that's how I felt in the relationship that the record's about, especially rolling in the deep. That's how I felt. You know, I thought that's what I was always going to have. And um, it ended up not being the case. Yeah, I think that's one of the best places to get a song title from is like adapted slang because like I've never heard the term rolled deep. I don't know yeah. that. And like no, never she also life. didn't quite use it directly. So it it does sound evocative. Um and it does kind of have a meaning, but it also it's completely meaningless <laughs> like to me. Yeah. Yeah, so it sounds novel and new, but yeah. in fact it's it's rooted in something that is is older than that. Uh, yeah, do you have other examples of songs that, <laughs> that have been named after slang? I wish I did off the top of my head. Uh, I guess it doesn't necessarily... I mean, in my experience, the the best song titles are ones that sound, at the very least, sound like a slang term that you don't know the meaning of. Right, so last week we talked about Cosmic Dancer. Would that fit into your idea? Uh... To a, to a degree, I guess. To I guess degree. it's just a good way to make a song title that is not like derivative, you know? Right. Because if you like, some song titles are very common, and I'm trying to think of an example. You know, what about what about Fall Dog Bombs the Moon? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's a lot of songs called Fall Dog Bombs the Moon. I guess my point is, it's good to have unique song titles. It's more interesting. <laughs> but you're also, I think you're also saying that. When you can adapt something that is sort of commonplace. There's more meaning there. uh, Yeah, it feels a little more, it's an easier entry point, right? Yeah. Or something like Fall Dog Bombs the Moon. Yes, it's unique, but what the f- Yeah, but it's also just like non sequitur, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, whereas Rolling in the Deep, that that already, you know, gives you a bit of imagery, and then it's it's also rooted in something else. So there's, there's something underneath it. There's something in the deep of Rolling in the Deep. Yeah, and there's meaning. Okay. That's important. Meaning. Yeah. Um, let's talk about those two backup lines. You're gonna wish you'd never met me. Tears are gonna fall. I guess there's not much to say other than holy shit. Yeah. Aggressive. That's also <laughs> aggressive. I, I just feel like I hardly listened to this song, even though I've heard it so much. I'm like, yeah. I didn't even I hardly even registered the backup vocals originally. I don't know, they cause they kind of are just like a mumble. They're like, oh skim Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, they're there. And they're uh, as aggressive as the rest of the song. Yeah. Um, yeah, quite aggressive. Uh, you had my heart inside of your hand and you played it to the beat. That's a good, that's a good little one. Yeah, I do, like, I do like when songs sort of arbitrarily reference there being a beat. Um, anyway, anyway uh, even though hearts do beat. Um, but it also just makes it sound like they're playing like a woodblock that looks like a heart. Or a heart like a wood. Yeah, ball. and that's the thing is like, and like playing the heart. That's also the you know, you know some people think of that as the core of a human being. Yeah, it, it's you know it's, it's the like, lifeblood. It's the source of we call it the love organ. Playing me, we don't call it that, but you know it's typically symbolic of love. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and you played it to the beat. So they, muscle, they're, they're, muscle they're, of love, right? Or is that yeah? Is that a dick too? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's definitely an Alice Cooper song. Definitely an Alice Cooper song, so it could go either way on that. It could be a heart, because Maybe ooh, that's gory. the point. Yeah, mm. maybe. But yeah, there's something quite visceral, and it, it has, again, that sort of universal, but also 
layered feel of the title as well where it's i've never heard somebody say like oh yeah you've, you've got my heart and you're playing it to the beat usually it's like you know you played me like a fiddle or something like that but <laughs> like a damn fiddle is... anyway exactly that's uh... what I thought of. <laughs> uh yeah so i think that's a good line and worth pointing out yeah and first two first baby two. i have no story to be told but i've heard one on you and i'm gonna make your head burn Think of me in the depths of your despair. Make a home down there, as mine sure won't be shared. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's, I mean, more. Gra- I mean, uh, also, I, I do like the beginning because she's already mentioned, like, I, I got dirt on you, basically. Yeah, she's and like, she's, I'm clean, but yeah. I know some shit about you. So, like, do what you want because it's coming out, you know? It's very, mm-hmm. like, threatening. Yeah, and make a home in the depths of despair because you're not coming back to live with me and you're going to be in despair for a long time is, is the subtext. Yeah. So, uh, still, yeah. Continuing with the aggression. Yeah. Um, and then we get the pre-chorus with the backing vocals in there. Those you're going to wish you'd never met me. Tears are going to fall. Uh, but otherwise mm-hmm. than that, it's the same, same with the chorus. And then we get what they call the bridge. Call it's a bridge. Kind of just a, it's another it's just, verse, it's right? It's the same structure as the like, verse. It's yeah. a breakdown verse. Yeah. Is it not? Yeah. Anyway, it and seems maybe, to be Maybe the toughest to, to interpret is this one. So throw your soul through every open door. Count your blessings to find what you look for. Turn my sorrow into treasured gold. You'll pay me back in kind and reap just what you sow. I mean, the last line, I think, makes sense. Yeah, easy the enough. Most. <laughs> uh, but the rest of it's very, like, po- poetic, I guess. We'll say, throw yeah. your soul through every open door. Yeah, what the fuck does that mean? It sounds um, cool. Guess, it does sound cool. I guess she's saying like, take every opportunity you can. Um, but you're you're gonna need to. This is like advice for the future, for the yeah, for the betrayer. Like, it's like yeah, you're gonna have to yeah, like like appreciate what you have, because because exactly. one day like you know your the bad things you do will come back to haunt. We'll catch up to, and that's. I think she's also saying that's where he fucked up here. Is like count your blessings to find yeah. what you're looking for. It it's was kind of like, looking yeah, for dipshit. Like, <laughs> like use this as a learning experience, almost. Mm-hmm. Like it's particularly the third line, turn my sorrow into treasured gold. Like you could get something good out of this, but you have to like learn. You have to okay. put in the work. Perhaps. I thought that was also maybe a reference to the uh, in the first verse. She says, "Go ahead and sell me out." So there again, she's oh, saying, "Turn my sorrow, like, like our breakup, into gold." So go turn yeah. around, sell it to the media. Go sell it out. And I, I fucking dare you again. I fucking dare you again, and you will pay me back in kind and reap just what you sow. Yeah. Uh, the, essentially, those two lines translating to "Try me, bitch." Like, <laughs> yeah, that that's more in keeping with the song. Uh, I'll I'll admit I was grasping a bit. Yeah, but there is something. There, I, there is almost a lesson in here, though. You're right. She's like, listen. You're going to have to, like, you're going to throw your soul through. I, so I guess I feel like it is more a threat, though, than a lesson. She's like, go go throw your soul. So, like, your truest forth, being yeah. through every open door. Which, you, to me, is like, look for, opera, like, take every opportunity you can. That's, that's what I'm getting out of it. Yeah, I think so. And she's, I think she's saying that you're going to be miserable in that. She's saying, count your blessings to find what you look for. So you're going to be doing a lot of searching out there. But... You fucked up. Yeah, what, I, you, that's that's what you I definitely still like. Look at that second line. Is that like if you say count your blessings? Like you know, be be appreciative of what you have, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's usually what that means. So it almost seems like some advice for the future, and then perhaps another threat. It's like, but don't 
don't step to me, because I'll fuck you up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a... Uh... That's yeah, it really is. I mean, the, the the back two lines are really the important part. Is I will fuck you up if you step yeah. to me, <laughs> which is uh, a lot of this song. Yeah, you're gonna wish you'd never had met me. Yeah, and you are gonna cry deep. about it as well. You're gonna yeah, tears are gonna fall, and it's that's. I don't think they're gonna be Adele's. <laughs> no, her tears are on fire already. No, that's the rain. That's the rain. Yeah, yeah, that's a different track. Yeah, okay, never mind. Hey. No sweat. It was a good good connection. Um, that's it. That's really it for unique lines in this after the bridge. It's all sort of variations. We could have had it all. She says, you played it, you played it, you played it, you played it to the beat at the end. Yeah, kind of like maybe. repeating. Yeah. Kind of like you're looping it, which we actually, I think, see that legitimately later on. So. Yeah, I think we do. Um, yeah. Whew. What an intense song. Yeah, it is. It's uh, still hard for me to like make a judgment of it because it, it just feels so ubiquitous. I'm like, yeah, it's just a song that exists, that happens, and it, it does its thing. It exists as it is, kind of. Yeah, it's that, so like. That makes sense. Like massive in its presence. That's yeah. like, well, yeah, it's just it's rolling in the deep. Like, what, what else is there to say? What else the is deep? there to say? It is rolling in the deep. Um, yeah. But yeah, totally. it's, I mean, it's. It's got a really strong like hook in the chorus. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's an extremely successful song, mm-hmm. and uh, I think certainly the the vocal performance backs it up. Yeah, um, it's worth mentioning here that Adele credits uh, uh, Paul Epworth with a lot of the the. <laughs> sort of the reasons this is successful she says quote he brought a lot out of me he brought my voice out as well there's notes that I hit in that song that I never even knew I could hit so I guess Paul Epworth knows how to bring a vocal performance out of a person he's True. also I couldn't find like a really solid source on this but apparently credited with telling her to do like a like a more fiery song like she came to him uh, she'd done some writing came to him, and she's like I want to write I want to do a, a sad ballad about my breakup he's like nah let's do an angry ballad about your breakup. <laughs> yeah, do an angry ballad. He's like, all right, but only not, if I, I can don't know. get an explicit label out of it. <laughs> she had the crap in the original version. She's like, change that to shit. Sounds cleaner. Uh, where's she? She's, she's British, right? Yeah. She is British. Oh, she's just from London. Okay. Just from London. That's I said like just London, but I'm like, that just means that I have no idea, like slang wise if she would say anything right if she, differently she, if she calls know. people cobber or you know, yeah if she's, she's governor she's bruv i don't know it's a big place i don't know what i don't know what kind of name she calls people mate. but i do know this there's some instruments in this baby mate that's another one <laughs> there are instruments in this <laughs> um and they they start off pretty low as songs often do but um, yeah, it's just like an acoustic guitar with some like strumming, but it's a little bit muted, so it's just kind of yeah, almost like <laughs> almost <laughs> ghost <laughs> notes where you're not even really getting the notes so much yeah. as just the the just string on pick contact. Yeah, just like the rhythm. In fact, later it pretty much gets replaced by bass. Yeah, once we come to like the chorus, I yeah. believe it's coming on the pre-chorus a bit. I don't remember exactly. I think it's the chorus, but yeah, so you get that guitar rhythm right away. 
then her vocals coming in and she's a strong singer yeah. so she can fill the space pretty well i think there's yeah. a bit of echo on her vocals because it sounds like she's in a big empty room i'm sure there are, there's some echo oh yes. yeah definitely um i mean it's kind of like it being the first song on the album kind of like a good way to just like explode in because you start that like bump 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 and it doesn't last for very long but you know it gets you listening like oh there's something happening and then she comes in with that like kind of first there's a you know first couple notes and she's a pretty strong singer yeah you know so i don't know i just felt like it was a good way it's not like an explosive necessarily intro but like i think it's a good good way to bring in the the album yeah, if you think uh, think of like what what's the selling feature of Adele, it's not going to really be the the instrumentation necessarily. That's not the lead on it. Right, there's good support here, but like Adele you're selling that Adele singer. voice. Yeah. So you you come in, you give her that clean line with just a bit of rhythm behind her, so we know it's music. And <laughs> like, yeah, boom, that's that's selling the album. That's why this is the lead single, and that's why it's the the opening track. Is like this is what Adele is. You go, okay, I can sink my teeth into this, or I guess my ears into this. Sink those ear teeth. I got little teeth in my ear, don't you? What if teeth? What if they remade teeth about the toothed vagina, but with ears? Think about it. <laughs> but with ears. What's the? There's a line from Community. It's like, feast your ear tongues on these memory. No, <laughs> on these memory pops. I don't remember it now. <laughs> something like that. You're close. Ear something. Ear anyway, something. Anyway. So the next thing your ear tongues get to feast on in this masterpiece, and I'm call I'm calling it a masterpiece. That's. That's on the record now is a uh, kick drum. Yeah. Kick drum. Doom, bring a bit of doom. that rhythm. So now you got the, the low guitar and the rhythm and the singing. And uh, that pretty much is how it goes. Cause they, I mean, the first verse is like double length, which uh, we see a lot in pop songs. Um, yeah. And then the second half kind of has a bit of a build in this case, as often is the case, add some drums. That's what they do. Yeah. Uh, later then, on, they add some hi-hat. That's not till the pre-chorus. Yeah, so the pre-chorus kind of shifts because we get piano in there, too. True. Yeah. And, and I mean, the piano, it's, it's just like chords. Playing chords. Just chords. But you do get some of that hi-hat, so you have the, like, kind of... That's right. Kind of back. Yeah, it's actually that hi-hat that brings us into the pre-chorus. And then I think that's where we switch to a bass. The guitar, I think, actually yeah, drops at that point. Yeah, there does point. seem to be a bass in the pre-chorus. Uh, yeah. and, and there could honestly still be some guitar, but it's buried. Like, you can't hear it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it might just not be there at all. And I do think it leaves later on. Yeah, I think it's mostly present in the verses. Yeah. Um, the other thing, so the songs we've talked about for the last couple weeks haven't really had, like, a traditional build. This one does right. bring that back. Honestly, we haven't had, like, the last song we've talked about with, like, a really big build in it, like a pop build, is probably Firework. Yeah. Because, uh, like, the last weeks couple weeks have been, ago. like, chiller songs or more, like, constant songs. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, Firework. This one does your big one. pretty traditional, like, verse, ramp up in the pre-chorus, and then, of course, the opening line on the chorus, as people know, is explosive. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Not, not just the opening line, but the way the the way the mel like the 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 shape of the melody is mm-hmm. is interesting it's a little <laughs> it's a little, i don't know it's it sounds cool i don't know what all the intervals are but it's not stuff that you hear in a lot of like basic melodies i don't think yeah and it might just uh, be her delivery honestly but but that's what i get out of it yeah 
it's pretty goddamn unique. I mean, we're going to talk about some cover versions later that have some classic classic divas singing them, and the, the approach is different. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, but then I, say. I mean, this chorus, yeah, it's like, it's a good hook that we could have had it all. And then she holds that all. And then in Rolling in the Deep goes into that falsetto. Like, it's all very yeah. distinctive. That's right. Yeah. And, and so, like, when she's holding, you get the, uh, the momentum carried by those backing vocals. So, yeah, there is a driving presence in this song, particularly. And there's never a dropped moment in terms of keeping momentum going. Or not much, anyway. Yeah. Not much. I... Uh, oh, the piano also, like, this is their, like, pop piano, eighth note chords. Yeah, which is kind of the same rhythm that the guitar was doing before, but there's a little actual, much. you know, notes to it. It sounds a little more musical. Yeah, it's, like, more resonant, I guess. Yes, that would be muted. the word for it. Um, the other thing I kind of thought about the chorus, the chorus seems to really come out explosively, and it doesn't, like, shrink away, but it's not as as explosive at the end so it's it's a bit of a drop sort of energy wise yeah um the point, the song, the, yeah no go ahead well it, it just made me think of like if you are in a point where you're very upset i have often found like it's a lot easier right at the start like when you kind of convince yourself to be angry publicly mm-hmm. you kind of you kind of burst out with a lot of energy and oftentimes that can fade by the time you're done doing whatever you're doing yeah you know it's hard to keep that up and i did kind of think of that in this song it's not yeah, it it's kinda... not a really strong thing it's kind of more subtle but, but oh, yeah, cause you're right she's like she's like hard off the bat and then it goes and then it spikes up again and then it goes yeah because it, it doesn't it doesn't then, like go up and up and up and up yeah it does peter out a bit that's why the title rolling in the deep had me think of like the ocean for some time I was like, maybe the song's about the ocean rolling in the that's deep, another like, reason that's another reason it's an evocative title <laughs> Yeah. Because it almost sounds like like nautical. Yeah, because like rolling waves in the deep. Like the deep is what people call the ocean sometimes. Yeah. Or like at least the underwater parts of it. <laughs> most of it, I mean, I the guess. whole The whole thing is deep. You just, you might deep. not also be deep, which is ideal. Yeah, that's right. The deep part of the deep. Yeah, it's ideal to be in the, the shallows. <laughs> the, the top parts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a few other changes throughout. Uh, like... Oh, I guess there's another verse in there somewhere, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty classic second verse where we've adapted some of the the jumped-up components. We got that hi-hat in the drums now. We got some hand claps going. Yeah. It's a more energetic second verse. Yes, they're bringing those hand claps. The hand claps kind of continue for the rest a bit. Yeah. The guitar is back doing its rhythm. The piano is in. Like, all the instruments are pretty much in. And yeah. With the drums getting a little more intense in the second half of it, and then you come to another chorus after that. Yeah, well, I mean, and then the pre-chorus in particular. Pre-chorus, like, of course. Like, uh, I mean, we talked about the hi-hat before, but the hi-hat's now gone, but it's clapping instead. So it's like she's got backup almost, like everyone's on her side. Yeah, and she, and she has literal backup on that pre-chorus as well. True, yeah. That's the, that's the pre-chorus with the backup thing. Mm-hmm. And then I, I think the second chorus was the same. Like, it's still just, like, a big chorus. Yeah, it really is. It's the build-up to that chorus that is uh, more intense, and you kind of need that, because, I mean, otherwise it'd just be the first verse again, and it's like, okay, we can't really come back down to that after how high we've gone in this chorus, I think. I think it's, that's too yeah. far. Yeah, it's definitely, yeah, you gotta play around with that intensity. Mm-hmm. 
Because it's almost like a, I guess, like, I'm, I've been reading a book on, like, storytelling and screenwriting, and it's just like, like, that's your first verse is like the initiating incident. You can't really go back to, to ground zero after we've been swept up into this world of, of Adele's righteous fury. Like, we can go lower than the peak, but we can't drop down to being like, and now we're back to just the guitar and, and Adele. <laughs> yeah, not, not, I guess, in this sort of a story anyway. No, I, there so, are like, times when you can do it, but it really rests on the intensity, especially mm-hmm. with all the like fire imagery and stuff. Yeah, and beating hearts—not just beating, beating hearts. hearts, but beating a heart. Yeah, like in somebody's hand. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking gross. <laughs> yeah, some intense stuff. Lots of blood. Um, yeah, there's that chorus. Then there's another verse, which I still think is a verse. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll call it a verse. Here. Um. This is your breakdown one, but like it breaks down to big percussive rhythm, right? It doesn't break down to the guitar. It breaks down to a, a thumping heartbeat. Yeah, true. I guess it's kind of heart, heartbeat like and claps. Yeah, if, you, if so you've got claps, a heart murmur because you've got those claps in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's also, actually, what comes in here uh, is an electric guitar. Playing some That's licks. right. Uh, so it's like a little blues, a little bluesy here. That's where we start to get like that real. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess the rhythm guitar at the start is bluesy too, but this is where you actually get blues licks. You're right. Yeah, on like the electric guitar, electric blues, doing some doing some licking, and then the other thing is that the uh, backup vocals here. They're doing backup vocals, but they're not like they're just vocalizations. They're not like yeah, words. they're more oh. gospel vocals. Oh, 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 yes, we do get a little bit more of a gospel. Yeah. Sure. Um. And yeah, that's kind of the breakdown bridge. And it goes into like a breakdown section, which is kind of like, it's not a pre-chorus, right? No, it's not a pre-chorus, but it no, uses it's... pre-existing like lines. Yeah. It's kind of just had yeah, like all. a breakdown. She says we could have had it all, actually. And yeah. then there's the backup singers. She says we could have had it all a couple times. And then it all, it all, it all. And then into a chorus actually it kind of reminds me because at the very end like we do the last chorus and then as you mentioned they say you played it you played it you played it so like there's some repetition at the end but mm-hmm. with this breakdown section there's kind of some repetition at the start too they sort of yeah. repeat the first line a few times and then repeat the last line a few times which is really That's like right. you could have had it all but like you played my heart which is a common enough metaphor that I think that's pretty much the the uh message of the song the idea yeah as so you you could have had it all but you, you played around you fucked up and that's it it's worth noting like in that last uh la- the sort of outro section where things are you know building to a, a big final note uh we do get paul epworth on backing vocals as well there are some oh. deeper backing vocals in there. Yeah, they. I was reading like the personnel on this. I was like, Paul Epworth on backing vocals? I had to double check Adele to make sure that she also did backing vocals. Like, <laughs> There's no way that dude went that high. Yeah, yeah. So he, he does some stuff in the ending here, but that's uh, worth noting because I never noticed that before. Yeah, I still haven't noticed it. Yeah, it's uh, kind of like the more uh, like spaced out vocals. Oh, almost ghostly like, you know? Let me see if I can find a timestamp for you. I'm listening to the end. 26. Okay. 326, that is. Okay, yeah, I can hear that. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's that. Whatever, whatever they say. Yeah, whatever they're saying. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah, so this one ends pretty big. Uh, the instrumentation ends just before her line ends, so we end on just Adele. You played it, you played it, you played it. Doing a re- repetition. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. Getting ready for the rest of the album. You're all fired up. Yeah, you're all fired up for, you know, 30 minutes of slow piano now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if that's what it is. I'm sure it's more dynamic than that. Um, but yeah, just I, we, I tried to make, we were trying to decide what song to do this week. And we both set out to make a playlist to see just kind of what would be more dynamic. And I had uh, someone like you. And holy God, it was just <laughs> 10 versions of the same thing I yeah, could find. Very like, slow piano. Shit. Slow piano. So I'm just, uh, I'm bitter about that playlist. <laughs> now, what I, now what I'm not bitter about is the uh, music video. Music video. No. Also award winning. Yeah. On it, like compared to a lot of the music videos we've done lately, mm-hmm. it's probably the most interesting we've done in a while, quite frankly. Yeah. At least it has like some symbolism to it. Yeah, good imagery going on in here. And, like, some decent, like, camera work. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> or, like, decent cameras, I guess, <laughs> more yeah. than anything. Fortunately, um, not enough pot plants or canvas plants for my taste. Yeah, well, <laughs> we can work on that. We can work on that. Uh, we'll we see, see little baby seen... Adele in this. Little baby Adele? Is that one of the pictures? <laughs> No, I just that she is like 21. Oh, she's just video. younger. She's, she's just right. very young. She also looks very different because she's lost a bunch of weight now. That is true, yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway. Um, so this music video, um, it, it takes place in this like big empty house. That's all like, mm-hmm. I want to say boarded up. It's not actually boarded up, but like everything's covered in plastic and like sheets and stuff. Yeah, it like, very it's much has the, kinda. yeah, like abandoned kind of feel. And I don't even know what all these sheets are for. It almost just looks like a renovation, like they're painting the walls. Yeah, they're painting the, the walls. Well, of course, they also have a, a room full of glasses of water in, in the, True. Uh, in the yes. hallway of the top floor. And then at one point, like when the drums start, you, it goes to the glass of water and you can see them all like sh- uh, like ripple. Yeah, that's you, very cool. It is cool. Do the like uh, T-Rex Jurassic Park thing. Yes. Um, with just a million glasses. Which is neat. God, that would have been, I would have been a motherfucker to set up all those glasses. <laughs> would have <I> been. <laughs> uh, they're all CGI glasses. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> gotta be. No. But uh, yeah, you, you, get, you see this drummer under the, the stairs in this, so that you, you can get a sense of the, the sort of scale of this building. It's like a large mansion. Yeah, or of some I'm going to say Victorian. Yeah, I'd buy that. I don't actually know. I'm like, you know. I'm not discerning as an architect. I wouldn't wouldn't know. Edwardian. I have no fucking clue, man. Definitely. It's got a bit of Eduardo to it. (laughs) Uh, I just heard heard something about, like, popular DIY in England in, in, like, the 50s, and they liked to cover up those paneled doors with plywood Mm -hmm. because they looked old-fashioned, but now plywood flat doors look just like shit. Anyway, uh, anyway, I'm getting off topic. So I don't, the point is, I don't know. Yeah. It's old. It's kind of old looking, but it's like grand. It's big. She's in a big ass room. She's in a big ass room. Just sitting on and a chair. She, yeah. With other Worth chairs. noting here, a fun fact about Adele sitting in chairs, and this goes back to the recording sessions. I have a quote here from uh, studio engineer Mark Rankin, who recalls how Adele laid her vocals for this song. 
Um, he says, quote, she would be writing sat on the sofa with her dog on her lap. At one point, she goes, I've got something. Let's give it a go. So we swung a microphone around to her. She didn't move from the sofa, and she sang two takes of Rolling in the Deep. And that was it. That is what is on the record. It really was that good. That's impressive, because it's kind of hard to sing sitting down. Yeah. You know, like you're yeah, not at is. your best. Um, she, and now, I know she doesn't perform sitting down normally. Uh, no. But anyway, that's that's but the fact that you're able to knock out that in two takes sitting on your couch with maybe a dog on your lap what are we talking like <laughs> yeah, a great dane i don't know <laughs> um, but that, that's something there's also something in this music video and what that something is is like a room full of like sand or chalk or something it is flower actually flower that makes sense uh and like a ninja dancing around in yeah some sort of warrior monk here <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, so that is Jennifer White, who uh, also choreographed that sequence, and yeah, she dances in this room kicking up a white flower. Okay. Yeah. And, and yeah, what the symbolism is there? There's a lot of white in this music video. There is. Is there? Yeah, there's the white on the walls, there's the white in that room. I guess so. Um, yeah, I've got a couple ideas. Um... Okay, here, here we got. So we've got an empty house, right? Which I think yes. is the most obvious one because we're talking about two people they used to be together and now they're not. So it feels Yeah, alone. it's like the Natalie Imbruglia video feels for uh, abandoned Torn. For Torn, yeah. Um, the glasses, I think, are symbolic of like a, a, a feeling of being like powerless or trapped because like it's hard to navigate through an entire room covered in glasses, even though you know it's a mundane thing it's very easy to knock one over and if you break one suddenly you have broken glass which is sharp and you can cut so like they, they really restrict your movement so it's hard to walk around or over them and that's right yeah and if you break one you're breaking all of those let's be real. yeah yeah because <laughs> like once you do one what's the point uh later on uh there's a bunch of um dishes that get thrown at a wall that's right and shatter which seem to basically be like an outlet for this rage this anger that she feels, mm. which is and that's a, a domestic item, uh, right? Theme. This and this this True. massive pile of of dishware, yeah, and uh, all white as well, all white. Uh, and then Chalk Ninja possibly represents like a feeling of being mixed up and an inability to see the future or understand the present because the the dust in the air obscures everything. Right, that's yeah, it could be bit that. of a stretch. <laughs> Bit of a stretch. There's something, uh, it is like the, the stirring up of something. Emotions? She's deliberately moving the, that flower and stuff. Maybe if we take white as sort of like a pure color, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of the ideal of the virgin, peaceful. Sure. You know. Clean, calm, untouched, harmonious. Um, and we are, we're seeing white things literally torn apart or disturbed or, you know, chucked at a fucking wall. So it really is just like the, the ending of peace. Creation of chaos. Mm-hmm. This is the cosmic dance. This is the cosmic That's... dance. This is the the end of old ways of thinking. The rebirth mm-hmm. of Adele. Of Adele. Hey, who knew that we had a theme this month and it was just loose connections between the songs we're talking about? <laughs> it's even the same month. I don't remember what days these are coming I th- out. Think so. I think this should just yeah. be at the end of the end of at the, the end month of the here. Month? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the theme of this month. Uh, the other thing that happens in this is like, not really, maybe fireworks, some kind of like sparklers or something. Yeah, because there's like a, a diorama city of a city. Yeah. yeah, 
and then it kind of like shoots these sparkler things at it. Yeah. The city, also completely white. Yep. I, I don't really know what that means. I don't know. It's uh, this perfect order being, uh, you know, torn apart. It's about chaos and order, man. That's all it's ever been about. I guess so. It also gets set on fire, so that's pretty major chaos. Yeah. And worth noting, going back to the, the flower ninja in, in, in the white powder room there, uh, the ninja is, of course, in all black. So it's, it's black, disturbing white. So you, you got opposites going there, too. Okay. I buy it. Yeah, the thing is, <laughs> is that there's no real through line story-wise here. It is mostly just, like, imagery. Yeah, it seems to be, which I may have missed some of, because that's usually what happens. Yeah. You miss some imagery. That's how it goes. Well, yeah. That's, uh, that's what makes it fun to watch things more than once. Hey, so they keep telling me I'll never watch the same thing again. <laughs> that's true. That's, <laughs> that's probably true. I watch uh, something once, I say, that's enough. They're like, you want to see that again? No. No. I got out of it what I needed, which see it once. All right. Yeah, that's the music video. So it seems like there's a little more there. Like they were going for something. Definitely has that feeling about it. Yeah, and it, it's visually striking. So even if you don't like understand it at face value, there's enough moving pieces that you're like, no, I'm interested. Yeah. And that's the music video, baby. But we're not here to just, just sit around and talk about symbolism. We're here to talk about no. covers. And that's what's coming up next here. We're also here to talk about... Actually, I don't know which one we're going to talk about first, because several came out in 2011. Yeah, I was going to start with Linkin Park. Let's do it. All right, Linkin Park. 2011. This was the iTunes Festival back when... Yes. Back when that still existed, um, it oh, was yeah. the name was changed to the Apple Music Festival, and now they don't do it anymore. Right. Rest in peace, iTunes. Yeah, rest in peace, iTunes. They're probably slowly trying to kill it off, because selling music is not as lucrative as renting it. Oh, boy. Um, I love that I'll never own anything in my lifetime. It's tight. Yeah, isn't that nice? Uh, yeah, so this is Linkin Park. This is Chester Bennington. Singing, yeah, we, and then we say I, Lincoln Park, it really is just Chester Bennington and Mike Shinoda. Yeah, doing like I'm sure it would be cool to see, but it's like pretty basic cover, and like, he does a good vocal performance. Yeah, that's what I would want to highlight in this is that Chester Bennington has had some, some great pipes on him, he does a really good job singing this one. Yeah, absolutely, and they switch it up a little bit because there are no backup vocals, so he does at one point sing like the backup vocal part instead the piano kind of yeah and he high. goes quite high for that it was he very does. impressive yeah. he's got some pipes man uh on display in this video for sure and you know it's it's basically a sort of an acoustic sad piano version yeah but that's also like that's in lincoln park's vein oh we've talked about lincoln park before they're in that we have that, uh what is their genre are they new metal i think new metal yeah i think they're often yeah, considered new. They're very emotional lads, and so they 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 do a lot of that taken on darkness in their songs, and they do that here, and it it works to to good effect. I would have liked to see a fuller version. I would have liked to see it expanded with the with the full Lincoln Park sound, but this is still yeah. pretty good. 
So yeah, this is a pretty, pretty cool performance. But mm-hmm. there's not much else to say other than that. Like, it's pretty much just um, Mike Shinoda playing piano chords as to support Chester Bennington doing a pretty good version of this. Yeah. I guess another thing to mention here is, and because we will be talking about another live cover down the line, but what a crowd pleaser this song. People are singing along practically the whole time. Yeah. It's a Every, huge everybody song. seems to know the words except you and me, I guess. <laughs> we yeah, just really. learned them this week. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's huge. And it's and this is right to after be able to pull that out. out is it was right after it came out. So but I mean, you know what? It sold really well. I think it's the best selling album of the 21st century so far. Yeah, and one of the highest selling digital singles is yeah. rolling in the So deep. like it's a huge, huge song. Huge song. Huge. And uh yeah, crap. Crowd pleaser and yeah, despite this being a, a stripped apart sort of cover, like I think it, it stands pretty strong on its own. Um yeah, pretty cool, I think. Mm-hmm. I would listen to this over Morrissey and David Bowie's cover of Cosmic Dancer for comparing live covers by by big groups. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but not much else to say. You're right. So we're going to jump into our other... Oh, okay, we have two more in 2011. Yeah. So we're going to go... We'll do Amos next in 2011? Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. These are American post-hardcore band founded in 2008, disbanded in 2016. <laughs> Yeah, I looked him up, and it, the uh, I think post hardcore is the is the right term, but apparently they're um, closer to metalcore after like a certain point in time that would include okay. this time period. I don't know. Okay, I, this is their era. Yeah, it so does I think, sound like I something. Uh, this John is more metalcore. Yes, but I I don't know the genres that well. Yeah. Um, so right off the bat, and this has to do with me also picking songs, like I said, for that other Adele playlist I tried to put together. Mm-hmm. Um, this sounds like the the metal artist who we talked about vocally at least at first. The guy singing sounds like Pella K. Oh yes, I remember him. Yeah, although I cannot remember now what we talked about him on. We talked about him on a couple things. We uh, talked I think about him a couple times. I think we yeah. talked about him two weeks in a row. Maybe I I think you might be right. And it was uh oh my god, he does a lot of anime covers. I'm looking at his discography now. Um. <laughs> Um, Fuck, what did he do? Doesn't matter. We talked about him before. Um, he's got a pretty interesting voice. It's not him singing, though. It's a guy who kind of yeah. sounds like him. So not worth getting too deep into that, but just something I noticed. Um, so it starts out with, yeah, a more traditional, like, heavy metal, kind of like, you know, high voice structure. And you get, of course, yeah. that rhythm guitar. With the high voice, it really starts... Um, oh, fuck. All of Pelike's albums have the same artwork with different colors in the background <laughs> sorry royals was one of them ah. uh, uh anyway sorry i'm i'm getting uh distracted uh, yeah you're off track here I'm off tell track me about here. this one let's go back yes well it starts similar to the original in that it's very like low right like it's just the guitar strumming with the high singing yeah and they i mean the what the rest of the song does is it kind of goes back and forth between that high singing and then the like uh what they call unclean vocals or screaming yeah hell hell 
Um, and then the other thing during the unclean vocals part in particular, which is like uh, once it gets into the pre-chorus, it, it jumps to the unclean vocals. Yeah, they um, like hit a cowbell and then suddenly it's, yeah. it's these yeah, unclean it's, vocals. It's a very sudden, like harsh transition. Yeah, it really um, is. And that happens a couple times because they do these unclean, these these screamed vocals, um, and also like metal stuff because they bring in like heavy like double kick pedals and like chugging distorted guitars, all that stuff. It gets very heavy for a while. Yes. Well, pretty much the rest of the song, honestly. Yeah, like it it lightens up from this. This like sure, sure. But it it but, lightens up yeah. into lighter metal. But even when it goes into the chorus, like the clean vocals come back. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still like heavy chugging, and then they have this like high synth arpeggio. So like, yeah, it still stays intense, and it's got that real intensity from the like many many kick pedals. That's right. Yeah, that kick. Those kick pedals are going strong. Yeah, you get the the singer from the verse back doing those those more like traditional metal vocals, and then yeah, that big synth doing these arpeggios. But yeah, it's it's a pretty pretty big version. Um, I found some of the transitions very jarring, uh, but yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, I think it was definitely jarring. Not like in uh, a bad way necessarily. It was just like, whoa, where did that come from? Um, yeah, throws and you like, for a loop. And like that's not it's... a knock against it or anything. That's just something that happened. Yeah, just that's that that did happen. Yeah, um, and they kind of that... go. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. I was gonna say in the second. <laughs> I'm dying in the second verse. Hang on, I got a cough or something. Okay. Um, I'll just quickly mention, that, yeah, they kind of go back and forth in the section, so you get the screaming coming back. Um, yeah, they, you get, like, this scream, and then this growl is like a call and yeah, response. Yeah, so there's the high and low. So, so the, this band's kind of two guys, primarily. Mm-hmm. So one do, generally does the clean vocals, the other generally does the unclean vocals, but each one does backup of the other vocal type. So, like, you okay. have your... Clean, you have your lead unclean and your. It's just funny that they call it clean and unclean vocals. I don't know. I'm just unclean. really amused by that. Um, sounds very like religious. It does. Uh. <laughs> um, and then the other thing that happens in this is they kind of get a little like poppy later on. It gets kind of electronic in the I think third verse. Yeah, uh, you're right. Yeah. Like, because he gets like, this like uh, robo echo on his his vocals. Yeah, kind of the like really fast auto tune sound. I think. Yeah, and you get just down more to that like, like kick drum thing. again, but it's like yeah. a little bit more party energy. And There's the, some low bass synth. The drums also kind of get um, like digital sounding, like yeah, or drum machine. At least, yeah, it sounds like a drum machine. And they even bring in, like, a pop piano, which is kind of like in the original. So, yeah, it gets a little more of that, like, poppy sound. But they're still, like, pretty heavy for a lot of it. And then they do some more, like, screaming at the end. In fact, they do the first verse again, but but unclean this time. Ugh. Yeah, it's, uh, like like you said, the transitions are jarring, <sighs> but I, I, I find they do a lot in this. I like... I like a lot of the noises that are going on. I like that uh, that synth, particularly that big one that comes in the chorus. It's a big synth sound. Yeah, I like that they do some dynamic breakdowns and they do that. Yeah, that like wind down into the the unclean vocals after that uh, breakdown section. I guess that is a better transition or or less or smoother transition. Yeah, you hear his vocals get that like, and then it's like. <laughs> 
going wild on there. Yeah, it's, he uh, screamed. Yeah, he screams quite he a bit. Screamed. Now, I want. I wanted to ask, he screamed, he screamed for sure. I wanted to ask, at 2, like about 2.13, Alex, this is when he's supposed to say you played it to the beat. It sounds like he says he played it with a, and then there's a two-syllable word, and I can't make out what it is. Do you have any insight? No, I'm going to listen to it again, though. Because <laughs> it's, it's not with the beat. With the beating, maybe? Yeah, with the beating, maybe, is, is my guess, but I like I couldn't break it. And he says to the beat, the first chorus around, like, yeah. he says it straight, and so it was, it was confusing me. And they're American, so I was, I was like, well, maybe it's uh, just like a, you know, they're from a different English-speaking country, or, you know, Dutch or some shit. Like, often <laughs> these guys are. They're usually, right, right. usually Norse or something, and then you're like, okay, well, maybe they don't have like the, the full-on grasp of the English language, but it's not that either. That's really yeah, all I have just, to say about it's this. It's kind one of awkward, now. but hard to easy to easy to miss. Easy to miss, and yeah, not too important. But yeah, pretty pretty big jump from what the the original is, and I think it, it lands on its feet, even though it's uh, you know it's not for everyone. But yeah, I it, bring, job it of, brings a very different energy to the song. Sure does. That's for sure. But this, I think their genre lends itself to you know vitriol and, and anger pretty easily. <laughs> That's true. With all the <laughs> screaming, yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of angry vitriol, here's a song that's not that. Adele and Jamie X in 2011. Jamie yeah. X, rather. We could have had it This is like a remix. Yes. Uh, by this Jamie XX guy who's from a group called The XX. That's right. Uh, which I looked up because you said it was weird how they said it, but... It's actually it's just, just, yeah, The XX. It's just The XX. It's like, don't say double X. And I was like, okay, I wasn't gonna find. I wasn't whatever. gonna either. I could swear to God, though, that my sister, because I, I, she like showed me their music video once and I listened to it. I was like, oh yeah, I've been listening to that song by The XX. She's like, that's not how you say it. I was like, okay, I'm never gonna listen to this band again and I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> And so I've held on to that, but turns out I was right the whole time. There's maybe. a band that like they spell their name with like three exclamation marks. Oh yeah, but you don't you say it like I don't know. You, you just have to play that words. Metal Gear Solid sound like three times. Yeah, exactly. In a row. <laughs> yeah, that might be acceptable. It's something maybe something like that. I don't know. Uh, but not this group. They just call themselves the XX. But it has to be lowercase. So don't say uppercase X. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Ponce. Yeah, Ponce. That even means anything. Um, um, so this one is the Adele track. Yes, it's the same for vocal the, track for the first like half. Mm-hmm. Well, first couple sections, pretty much just straight on the vocals. Yeah, with no changes. They get changed later on. Um, it's kind of interesting. Uh, in my reading about this artist and this gr- his group they're kind of known mm-hmm. for being electronic but like minimalist electronic and i really see that in this version because every section has particularly in the first parts sorry apparently i'm my vocals i'm like my vocal cords are tight or something because i'm having trouble got a, a vocal cord i need parasite. to breathe a vocal cord parasite yeah i just need to breathe or something yeah breathe, um, get some water in yeah but each section kind of has like one or two things going on. And they change yeah. quite a bit between sections. 
sometimes something will come back and they'll mix different things. But the first couple, it's like kind of introducing all the different things. Yeah, it's and it's you're right. And a lot of it is focused on percussive elements. Like even some of the melody is done on like a, some sort of percussive instrument or a synth mimicking it. Yeah, and there's a and synth that'll be the synth. whole thing. Yeah, is that later on? That is uh, later on. Um, okay. I might have to listen through it to to get to where it is. But so it starts out with hand claps. Which kind of serve the same vibe as the guitar and the, the guitar because it is very rhythmic, yeah, almost exclusively. So coming in on that, I was like, "Oh, this isn't going to be that much different." It sounds they're almost interchangeable—the hand claps and the acoustic guitar, like right. And like then, kind of moving into the next sections, like there's the cowbell that gets added, and then, yeah, like some snare comes in. So yeah, it's all like drums at this point. Yeah, and like that cowbell has like a because it's going like like it has different notes, so it it like forms a like a a melodic pattern of some kind or true yeah interesting rhythm. Yes, I'm calling it a cowbell, but it's like very. It's like a cowbell, but it's very echoey and yeah. I mean, maybe it's not a real cowbell, but it is. Seems cowbell. It's it's it is something percussive, and it's using it to sort of fill both the the plain percussive element of drums. Not to say drums are boring, but you know, just that like here's the beat roll. But then also mm-hmm. giving it that resonance to sound like like what what someone arrogant might call music, <laughs> as opposed to just a beat. Right, right. I see. Like it's a melody. Yeah, like it is it's a more melody. melodic. I, I, I hesitate to use the word melody because sometimes I feel like I'm using it out of the, the strict textbook context. Of I suppose. Melody. I mean, basically, the way I use it, and I think might be the correct definition, uh, melody just refers to consecutive notes, and harmony okay. refers to um, simultaneous notes, basically. Oh. Like, at their very core, a melody right. is just like a series of notes. Now, well, if I say something is melodic versus rhythmic, it's just that it sounds like a note versus it sounds like a beat. Well, then, yeah, I would say that this uh, hits that space between melody yeah. and rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, drums are tuned. Not everyone like tunes their drums, but you can tune drums. You can tune a drum. Um, I don't know. I think some people actually do it and they're like, we got to tune these drums to the right key, which is weird. It's wild. Yeah. I've never but met a drummer who does I think, that. I think, I think it's something some people do anyway. Um, um, what else happens? Right, and then that's when we start to get the the kind of effects on the voice. Which, we get chopped and we get yeah, screwed. We're baby. chopping and we're <laughs> screwing. Really, yeah, it's like dropping the pitch. Yeah, right way down in that in that chorus. Yeah, it comes out of nowhere. It comes out of left field. <laughs> sounds like a Goron from. Legend of Zelda on N64. Yeah, that kind of That kind of happens, and he like cuts it off at the end, so never never does like a full phrase ring out entirely. And then, right. yeah, in all this depth of screwing, he sometimes screws it back up, and then you get her going. Eh, eh. It's very cool. <laughs> yeah, it sounds cool. Cause she's already kind of has like a. Does like a low resonant chesty thing mm-hmm. on a lot of these notes. So if you like drop it down, it kind of just gets a little bit more of that resonance. Yeah. <laughs> and then right next to each other, be like, you could have had it. Ah, ah, ah. Like, you could have had, had it. Oh, oh, oh. It's, it's, <laughs> it's yeah. very. It's neat. 
very different from the original, uh, of course. And uh, yeah. you get that uh, that cowbell back in that dun, 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 halfway through there to fill yeah. out the space a bit. Yeah, and then even like some more. Okay, I think I'm jumping too far ahead. I'm thinking of the next section with the other yeah. Scene. Yeah. Sorry. Which we we get that we do get a low synth though in this, like a just kind of bass thrum that fills out the bottom end a little. Yeah, mm. and then. Ooh. So yeah, go. Let's jump to this next part if you'd like. Yeah, well, as it moves into the next of the section, it's just kind of a cool, cool synthesizer, very like mellow wave, which is kind of uh, like on the triangle end usually. I was messing around with my synthesizer, and it sounds like triangle, but like towards a sawtooth. Sawtooth is more aggressive okay. usually, so it's a got right. a little bit of that bite, and then quite filtered. Um, but it still sounds fairly mellow to me. Um, and then. It's just as like the backup backup vocals there. Yeah. Um, so we get a, a space yeah, there, and I believe that is where because there are two versions of this. We're doing talking about just the Adele and, and Jamie XX one. Yeah. But during this sort of break where it's just that synth and these backing vocals, um, there's a childish Gambino verse and another version. So childish Gambino, aka Donald Glover, uh raps over this. And we're talking about 2011 Childish Gambino, which is very different from current <laughs> Childish Gambino. That is true. He has much more like nerdcore roots. Yes, he point. he's very like nasally. Is he still? I didn't actually listen to this version to that version. Yeah, he's de- so he breaks in um, by saying swag really loudly. Okay, yeah. I guess um, 2011 then, was that. Okay, now swag sorry. was popular. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it would have been right before I heard about it, so... Yeah. Yeah, when it was actually popular. <laughs> exactly. So he raps a, uh, a verse about... It's, like, loosely related to the, the concept of the song. He talks about a girl who's left him and is, like, going out with hipsters, but uh, he's like, oh, you're gonna hear this song. You're gonna hear me over top of Rolling in the Deep at the club, and you're gonna text me afterwards. He's like... Cause I'm cool now. This is like whole thing. That's kind of his whole early rap career. Though, was like, you think I'm a nerd, but I'm pretty fucking cool. Yep. Yeah. There was a lot of that. I'll admit I don't know it that well, but I'm I'm remembering some of that. Yeah, it's pretty pretty wild. It's it's just it's like age. Nothing. There's nothing technically wrong with his rap on this, but you're like, holy shit, 2011 was a, yeah. A especially like year. compare it to like his modern stuff, you know? Yeah. And it's like uh, 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 like because the internet even, which was not even that far out, but it's quite no. different. Yeah, he he definitely has made some big moves. In yeah, his, and then like his uh, his career. more stuff after that, which is like quite different, you know. More on the like soul side, almost yeah. in some. That's way. it. I like uh, first time I heard this one, I kind of dismissed it. I was like, okay, he's just it's just that you add some random rap in. But then I looked over again. I was like, okay, it relates to the themes of like a breakup and being like you're gonna regret this. It's just the uh, the childish Gambino filter on it. So I think right. it's good yeah. overall. Right on. Good and dated <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, and and the rest of the song kind of does various combinations of the things we already talked about. Right, like we have all various the combinations: here, the snare, the synth, around. the kick, the chop vocals, um, and yeah, like there's a tambourine and stuff, and they mix and matches basically. Kind of fucks around, do some more like repeating lines with some pitch shifts, and then the end, like she repeats, "You played it, you played it, you played it." She says that, but I think like it sounds like they're just looping it. Yeah, 
um, at the end. At the very least, they're cutting some of it off. They may just be looping a different line. I don't know. Um, I found it. I, I, I couldn't decide if I liked it or not. <laughs> like, it has some, like, novelty value because there is quite a bit that's different. So yeah. I'm, not, I'm not 100% sure how I felt about this version. I'll have to think it about it some more. It takes you on a journey, and I think, yeah. you know, I wasn't repelled by it. I wasn't like, oh, what, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, okay, we got some interesting components on. I was kind of excited to see expert chopping and screwing going on. <laughs> haven't seen that in a while, eh? No, I haven't seen that in a while. And we'll come to another uh, sort of like EDM version here, which actually I have some positive things to say about. But I wanted to see maybe a little bit of that, a little bit of chopping these lines around on that as well, which didn't happen. So <clears> I guess that one's a little more modern. That. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it totally breaks the, uh, the intensity of the original. We're not really getting this hammering energy of... True going wild but we it's like it's almost hypnotic this version it's it's a very strange one it, and it i guess it played in in clubs i would imagine when it came out in it seems like the place you would play it yeah definitely a neat little piece though uh we're gonna move into our next neat little piece though which is aretha franklin in 2014 We haven't discussed Aretha Franklin very much, but no. she's a big deal in music. Been around for a long time. Yeah, uh, probably she, she, most known for "Respect," her song yes. "Respect," which is itself a cover, and I think it's the it's number one in the, the Rolling, Rolling Stone, Stone greatest uh, five hundred songs of all time greatest five hundred songs. Yeah. Or it was recently Correct. added to the list. It was always one. on the list, but it recently took the uh, took the number spot. one spot. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. So cool. cool. Um I she's also passed away as of twenty seventeen. Yeah, so this is fairly late in life recording. This is twenty fourteen. Yeah. Um and gives it a different feel in a lot of ways. But does something similarly because I think there's some kind of influence of her kind of music, her kind of style in the yeah. original. This is definitely in her wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, but you're right, she is older in this, and that's that's maybe I think if a younger Aretha Franklin might have been able to to stand toe to toe with the Adele version, but I think maybe just her being a bit older kind of <sighs> took some of her edge it's out. Odd. It's it's an odd version because they do some like more modern stuff on it, and I think it's a deliberate decision. Not one I necessarily understand though, because like hmm. there's some sections where they have some pretty heavy auto-tune on. But yeah, it's so noticeable. Crazy. I think it's on purpose because, like, you can kind of change the speed of auto tune, right? Right. The basic idea is you tell auto tune like your key or whatever, and then when you're singing, it will change your pitch to whatever the closest note in that key. Is. In that key is okay. But you can change how fast it moves your pitch. So the faster mm-hmm. it moves your pitch, the less realistic it sounds. And it sounds right, like robotic, that makes right? Sense. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. this has that really fast scaling um, pitch change. Uh, so, like, if they wanted it to be like, oh, just sound like she's doing her thing, then they would have, like, if they just wanted it to be pitch correction, they probably would have turned that speed down. I think. Yeah, you'd think. So I don't necessarily know exactly why this decision was made, but there are some sections, and it's not on every section either. No. 
it's so, particularly yeah, the pre-chorus know. I hear it on. Yeah, yeah, and Which, it's it's interesting. Yeah, and I wonder or if they're it, trying it to get it to like match the tone wonder. of their electric piano or something. But yeah, it's an odd choice. Whereas if you gave me Aretha Franklin, I was like, we want her to cover "Rolling the Deep," I'd just be like, "Here's a microphone, go to it." Like, <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna do anything to this. Just fucking yeah. record it. Because you don't, I don't think you need to. I think, and it's pretty clear to me when she's in the choruses and doing her just like high ad libs and stuff. Like, it's pretty clear that she's in her element there, and you can just let her have all the fun there. And that's what people, I think, want to come to this cover for. Yeah, absolutely. As like so the I, the yeah. backup vocals are going, which are kind of in a more classic style here that you yeah. expect on an Aretha Franklin song. Uh, exactly. As she just kind of yeah does her kind of thing. <laughs> Over top yeah, of and like the horns come in on that chorus, or at least they lead us in. It's like that's what we <laughs> wanted to hear is almost the uh, I hate to bring this group up, but the Scott Weebo's modern Scott, jukebox or whatever his name Scott, is. Scott Bradley. Scott Bradley is modern jukebox, where it's we yeah. want the po- time post, travel back. Post modern jukebox. Post modern jukebox, of course, of course, my bad. Um, but yeah, it's we want to hear. Something that sounds like Aretha. The old Franklin school one, right? Did this. And even if she is older, we want to hear the instrumentation that reminds us of her prime, I think. Yeah. Which this, I mean, this has some like extra organ in it too. Yeah. So there's some of that for sure. Um, yeah, just not, not quite enough, yeah. I think. It's an, uh, it doesn't like. Yeah. I'm iffy on this one. Like she does a decent enough job. It just, just seems like such a home run that the fact that it is not yeah. is confusing to me. <laughs> yeah, and then it gets kind of weird too later on because it's actually a medley. That's right. Uh, and and uh, I was a little confused at first. I was like, oh, this is much more upbeat. Like, it's kind of more dancey. But then it, it, it becomes a, like, ain't no mountain high enough. Which I, that's the name of the song, right? I didn't, I forgot yeah, to look I, it up. I, bl- I forgot to look I was like, Alex will know it. <laughs> Sometimes. But, yeah, it's tricky. No, ain't, no, ain't no mountain high enough lyrics. Diana Ross, um, Marvin Gaye. Okay. Ain't no mountain high enough is the yeah is the name. Okay, good, good. Yeah, that was a weird move too, because I get it. Because the uh, the line she repeats from it a lot is "I'm still in love with you." Yeah, and that yeah. almost works with the context of the scars of our love. Remind me that we could have had it all. Yeah, I think that that line works okay. I don't like "Ain't no mountain high enough." Seems like. It doesn't fit with the song that well. Right. The idea of like nothing, nothing will keep us apart kind of thing. Like we're going to work on this relationship. And maybe that's just a different response to the idea. Um, I'm thinking of it here, though. I'm still in love with you could be like, sure, fine. That's why she's so angry. Right. Mm -hmm. Because like there was love and now there's betrayal. So the line really is, ain't no mountain high enough, ain't no valley low enough. And this is key to keep me from getting to you. Oh, I see. Right? So we've now recontextualized getting to you. Yeah, <laughs> so it's actually... He's gonna get him. Yeah, he's, he's gonna fucking get him. I think, so the problem with this maybe is that there's not enough darkness in her reeling in Ain't No Valley because it becomes quite jubilant in that part of the cover, but if she had brought it into the rolling in the deep element, we could, we could have put a real edge on it. Yeah, that would have been that would have been very cool. And it seems like that's the only way I can justify it, really. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make much sense otherwise. Um, so yeah, it's it's a little awkward, but there seems to be a good idea there. Yeah, it seems like they had a good idea and just didn't execute on it properly. Yeah. Uh, Interesting, like, though. 
interesting yeah, that it exists. Yeah, cool especially because a lot of the times with like these old school artists, you don't necessarily think of them existing after like <laughs> 1975. You know, right? Yeah, no, I hear you. And so to have them come back and be like, "I listen to music too," you're like, "Oh, that's crazy." And they're like, "Yeah, I can still sing a bit too." And you're like, "Oh, oh shit!" Yeah, right on. <laughs> Yeah, um, one last clo- quote from her to close out our discussion of Aretha Franklin. She says mm-hmm. of Adele, quote, I absolutely loved her CD. In addition to being a great singer, she's a great writer, a deep, heavy writer. She doesn't write the usual or the norm. Hey, right on. I'd say that applies to this one because it's a, it's a revenge song like no other I've heard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now with a vengeance, we're going to talk about our next group, Greta Van Fleet in 2018. Greta Van Fleet, a group Greta that I've never really gotten into. Listened to a little bit. Um, obviously, maybe not obviously, I guess the big thing about them is they're often compared with uh, Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin, um, yeah. Sometimes, uh, sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad... I've heard it like both ways. They're like, oh, yeah, these guys are great. They sound just like Led Zeppelin. Or like, ah, oh, man, they're not you know worth listening to. They just sound like another Led Zeppelin kind of thing. So it's like... <laughs> Yeah, people like it, people a, don't like it. But that's what people said space. about Rush too back in the day, mm-hmm. and I think Rush differentiated themselves quite a bit. So you know, I don't want to dismiss them just for that. Yeah, and I would say Greta Van Fleet is in the slow process of differentiating themselves. Yeah, I um, guess it's hard because that was kind of how they were sold to me, and I don't know if that was marketing material or just word of mouth. Yeah, but like as like this new Led Zeppelin. So whether that yeah. was them or someone else, I, I don't know. But I don't think I don't they like the that is... comparison that much because it's kind of limiting. Yeah, it is limiting. But and and like the the Zeppelin influence is clear. Um, they're they're very technical players, yeah. and they've got and they they pull on this sort of like old classic rock vibe. Like it, there's obviously the connections there. I'd say they're big. Uh, the thing they really have in their pocket that differentiates them right now is their uh, their their vocals. Their singer has a very unique. Uh, like vocal signature. Yeah, it's but it's still a it's in the high Zeppelin. it's in the high range, and I think mm-hmm. that's once you have that, people are like, oh, that's Plant, that's Lee, you know, right? That's that's, that's these guys, that old school like arena kind of hard rock. Yeah, I think I think you're right in that people compare it that way. But he's got like some kind of and like country twang to his voice. They are American. They are American. He's got a bit of twang in there that resonates in a way I haven't like heard other uh, like other rockers of that style sound like. I mean, right. I guess it's a little. Yeah, bit, I can like, see that. I can see that. He, it, it, he's Hear he's that. finding a niche with those vocals, and I think they're slowly working on that. I wanted to point out uh, a song worth listening to. They just dropped an album this year called "The Battle at Garden's Gate." Um, and the opening track on that heat above, I think he does a really good punch-in, like vocal performance, and I would like to see more of that from the group. Um, yeah, which pr- I've brings been me to my first criticism of this. Yeah, no, you've been trying. trying to check out um, albums from this year. I haven't got to Greta Van Fleet yet. Yeah, get on that. Um, get on Parquet. I don't know if it's Parquet or Parquet. Parquet Courts. Okay, because they Since they dropped an album this year. Um, a couple we'll, of them got we'll, a bit of we'll have Talking Heads vibe because we'll we definitely that. will have to talk about that at some point. Yes. Um, anyway, we're this version, this. you have a criticism. You have a criticism. Yes, right off the bat, I think they could have gone harder on this. 
Um, worth noting, this is also a Spotify session, so it's probably why they didn't yeah. go quite as hard as they could. But I think they could have punched this more than they did. Yeah, I mean, we've done a couple of these Spotify sessions, and they often don't have like a ton going for them in terms of uniqueness. Yeah, they're typically pretty safe. This one, though, it has a couple things. Like, uh, it, it plays it relatively close. He does a lot of like similar vocal things to what Adele did. Like, you can hear on the verse, he like does very similar hook obviously anyone would want to do that but else kind of goes into falsetto at the same time and like very similar stuff um but really the big change is like their instrumentation it's much more guitar based Mm because they're you know they're a more guitar based heavy hard rock yeah band um so you get more of that and then they kind of bring in a a, an organ fairly early on like pre-chorus um yeah and they also mess around with it a little bit. They yeah. uh, don't do the second verse. They do the third verse instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then they take out that, that, that third verse section where the third verse would regularly be mm-hmm. and that breakdown, and they just do uh, basically an instrumental yeah, bridge. Like, like guitar solo, really. Yeah. Very bluesy, to the point that, like, I mean, that part in particular... Actually, that made me think of, like... Black Magic Woman more than anything. Like Peter Green mm. stuff. Like that that like older blues rock, like really long solos at the concert kind of thing, you know? Yeah, with a bit of that like hypnotic feel to it that, that you get on Black Magic Woman. It's a little dark, it's a little spooky. Yeah, it has a little bit of that. Whoop. Sorry, I dropped something. Yeah, so I thought it was a good move on their part to to instead of being to to highlight their other section because, like I said, with Adele, the, the highlight is her vocals, but with yeah. uh, Greta Van Fleet, you're kind of highlighting the whole band. So you need a section for the instrumentals to really shine. And so they said, we're going to yeah. strip out this part, put in an instrumental solo. Uh, the bass grooves out a little on it. It's a pretty cool section. Yeah, that was really starting at that point. That was really where I was like, oh yeah, that's like the blues rock, right? And then particularly once they get into that, after that, they go back into, like, the chorus. And yeah. that's where I was like, oh, yeah, this is where they sound like Led Zeppelin. Like, this is where we get the heavy blues rock. Right, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you, get, you really get him, like, digging in on those vocals there, too. Yes. But, like, that was where I was like, I, I get the Led Zeppelin <laughs> comparison. Yeah, the now, comparison. Like, it's easy to make. Kind of get there, like, bam, 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 Like, I, I don't know what it's called exactly, but, yeah. It's it's almost like Stairway to Heaven-ish. Yeah, it's just they, they're hitting those similar notes or similar vibe or tone. Something in there is yeah. very Zeppelin. Um, yeah, and it's, it's a, I think it's a shame that they only go that hard at the end. I would have liked to see more of a that. A little more of that? Yeah, just a little more of that. Because I think when he's ripping into those vocals, you go like, oh, yeah, like this is pretty <laughs> cool. And it's turning what is already got, you know, some blues, some, some, you know, Americana style music roots in it. It's really highlighting those and making something interesting. Whereas like before that, it's just, it's interesting because Greta Van Fleet's coming. You're going, oh, that's cool. Yeah, right. the, the Led Zeppelin guys are doing an Adele song. And then in the last minute of it from the, the instrumental bridge, that final outro, you're like, oh, this is actually cool. Yeah, like, this, this is something. Is- <laughs> this is, yeah. So yeah, definitely picks up in the back half. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but otherwise, uh, I, I, it's weird for me to say this because they're already a pretty clearly successful band, but I am waiting for them to like find their footing. <laughs> I think they have something, but they just haven't. Just like hasn't totally, totally doesn't totally work for you yet. 
Not yet. I think they're going to hit something. I think they're going to take a, a hard left or a hard right somewhere. Somewhere. And yeah. I really guess. Turn their sound. I mean, honestly, else. like this is their third album. Mm hmm. Not all bands totally crystallize at that point. No. Sometimes it takes a little longer. Um, you never know. Yeah, and I, that's more, I guess, why I wanted to talk about these guys than for the, the uniqueness of the cover, though it does have some cool parts, is just that they're an interesting band that, of course, right. John that, has that asked should about be something before. that, like, should be something I really like, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I, I'm theoretically the target demo for these guys. But I've just never had something that I could really hold on to that I've heard yeah. from them. Not that I've necessarily been looking for something. No, that's, yeah, maybe, maybe you're just not looking. Yeah. Can't sell if you're not buying, you know? Yeah. That's what they say. We're about to buy into our next cover version. What a transition. Uh, <laughs> Blackstone Cherry in 2020. <laughs> Blackstone Cherry. Blackstone Cherry is an interesting group. Not that interesting, but interesting for a couple of reasons for me that I will mention. Um, and here they are. As, as we go, here's one of them. Uh, they're from Edmonton, but Edmonton, Kentucky. Not uh, Edmonton. I was going to mention that too. The capital of Alberta, which is where the I live. The capital. The capital. Um, yeah, I, I used to think that so Edmonton being the capital meant a lot more. Yeah. To the point that when I was like a child, I was like, oh, I was born in Edmonton. No, I was like, I was born in the capital. I Just like to tell Edmonton. people that you were? <laughs> yeah. Or did you think you actually were? I thought I was for some reason because my parents told me I wasn't born in Calgary, but they just meant I was born in like the Foothills Hospital. But that's in Calgary? That's in Calgary. I don't know. They, they were like, they were weird about it. That's, and... that's, that's the same hospital that uh, fucking, uh, what's his name? Ted Cruz was born at. Oh, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> No, I was born uh, in Edmonton. I'm going back to that story. Yeah, Edmonton, Edmonton. <laughs> um, yes, Blackstone Cherry. They're they're like they're like a hard rock group. They were described as, but they're kind of like uh, like post grunge. They got a little bit of that like metal influence, and you can really hear their like thick, sludgy guitars. Yeah. Um. So definitely have that um grunge influence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty much, for the most part, a power trio. It's three dudes is the sort of the core of the band. Black, Stone, and Cherry, yeah. That's right. <laughs> is that actually uh, how they, no, they I have no idea. the name? I don't think oh, so. man. I thought I missed out on a key fact. It's Robertson, Wells, and Young. <laughs> uh, that's basically what I said, right? That, basically what you said. Um, yeah, so this is like, you get that heavy metal influence right off the top. It's a, it's a very much a chugging rhythm guitar as opposed yeah. to the the other rhythm guitars we've heard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he does, um, vocally, it's definitely in that, like, post-grunge, like, l- deep, kind of, uh, gravelly voice. Mm-hmm. Going on. Yeah, and, and a bit of that grunge range, a bit of that southern rock, which they've been mentioned in as well, so. Yes. There's definitely, you hear that. I don't know if it's just his accent. I could or be out. He's just from the south. Um, He's from Kentucky. Yeah. It's from Edmonton, where I was born. It's from Edmonton, Kentucky. yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, it's, it's again, like, very energetic version. Uh, the, like, grungy sound really lends itself to rage, you know? Oh, yeah. And anger. Um, and these, like, really aggressive guitars work with it. And this, it's a lot, like, 
I say wider, broader, fatter as a sound with mm-hmm. those guitars than the other ones we've heard. Yeah, it's definitely a full filled yeah. space. So, and it's live too. So, like, there's a few times where he gets the audience to sing along. Uh, one time you like can't hear them just because I think it's just how the live yeah, recording works. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. A great trick for a live show, not great for the live recording. Yeah. Because, like, I'm sure they were singing along, but also it was like, he's like, now you say it, or whatever. Uh, yeah, and like, then it's just like, it. nothing. <laughs> it's just empty for, like, a, two bars. Oof, I guess you gotta really sell it, you know, uh, yeah. and not look too depressed on stage. Although, like I said, probably people were actually singing. You just yeah, I, I, and you well. can still hear them. It's just, like, they're not Just they sound distant, like, yeah. Um... Yeah, but I I was fine with this version. I was a little I think my problem with this is like a mental block because like I I distrust post grunge and also like modern southern rock and mm. this is kind of both of those. So like those things are fine, but for some reason my brain's like no, keep it away. Is it just like do you think it's cuz it's too commercial or do you think they're white supremacists? What's the I, I don't what is know. The block? I th- I think both of those things you just said. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems measures. like it would be, be like, the refuge for angry white supremacists. Yeah, and it's like right? that's not fair. That's probably not true about them, right? But yeah, because yeah. I, I think this is a good sounding version. They bring yeah. it into their genre. It's not, it's not you know groundbreaking, but it sounds tight. It fills the space. Yeah, and like if and, this was a genre you're really into, I think you'd really like this version. Yeah, and I, it's it's a crowd pleaser again. Like I said with the Lincoln Park version, like the people love this shit. Yeah, like, it's a strong song generally. So yeah, just play a really aggressive. Rock, rock and roll version. Yeah. But I, I also hear you. There is some regard to me where I'm like, I'm not in the demographic. Whereas I am in the demographic to listen to Greta Van Fleet, which is just like hippies. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dirty, greasy hippies. Like this one, I, I feel like I don't have the right chip on my shoulder to, to get to really appreciate grunge and Southern rock stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I never, I mean, it, for some reason, makes me think of the kind of more like late '90s, more aggressive rock and roll, which is something I never really got into, mm. or I've never that's really fair, been yeah. able to. Never, and and to I do. feel like that's uh, that's a so, failing on my part in some ways. I want to dive yeah. into that hard rock in the '90s, but I, yeah. I, I don't have time for that either. What's like, why not? Yeah. Right? Exactly. So, like, all this to say, garden. I'm sure a Blackstone Cherry are are good people, but. <laughs> I don't know, man. I like this version. I think it's solid. But it's, it. it seems like it should be solid. It seems like it should be solid. But, but my brain is inherently suspicious of it, and I just We've need got, to ex- examine where that's coming from. I examine your biases. We got, we got some emotional hang-ups here. Yeah. Um, we're about to hang up this episode, but we got one more version to talk about, and that's MKJ, EMDI, and Shia Maisel. We're gonna it Yes, who is not an acronym, but is, um, oh, I forgot to write where he was from, like New York uh, or Queens. something. Yeah. yeah. Um, MKJ is a dreamer, did you know? He's a former war refugee, more importantly. Yeah, yeah, he's Kurdish and relocated to the United States. He's a DJ and producer. Who um, became a TikTok hit in China. Oh. 
Okay. Yeah. That's like his claim to fame. Yeah, I, it's probably why I never heard of him. Probably exactly. So he's, uh, yeah, a little bit of a pretentious uh, biography on his part, but also he was a war refugee, so I'm like, I guess you get a pass. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, if anyone's going to describe themselves as a dreamer, that's yeah. probably... And, and good on you for getting out. Congratulations. Happy you're here. Yeah. Happy you're uh, able to make electronic EMDI, music. on the other hand, it's like a... He's Polish. That yes. I can tell you. Also producers. So it's kind of two producers and then the other guy, Shia Maisel. Who's, who's an EDM singer. Yeah, slash alt singer. singer and songwriter. Songwriter, yeah. Yes. Um, so I want to jump back to EMDI for a moment, oh, yeah, though. Please do. In, in his bio, he says, quote, he has found a patent for creating hits. Oh. Wonder who I don't think that's how that works. Who filed that patent? <laughs> Is he patenting hits or the creating of popular music? I guess we'll find out when he becomes very... I mean, he he has a patent for it, so... He's got a patent That means no one else can do it, I think. That's right, without paying him. Yeah. Uh, he also has, like, a cover of the, the Tokyo Drift song. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's also, like, his whole bio is about how many fucking listeners he's had and how one time he met fucking i don't know jeff goldblum or something it's, it's just like a bunch of like like numbers and him being like oh, i've worked with these music groups and these record labels and they're the fucking best and i have a pet for for good stuff creating hits oh yeah his music has been promoted by world-class stars including don diablo hey we've talked about don diablo before rehab nikki romero all he just names all these fucking idiots it's it's just a very much like a marketing profile for him, and I object to that. But <laughs> that said, I d- didn't object to this version as much as I thought I would. Yeah, as far as like dance version goes, it's it's definitely more um, like even throughout. I guess like it stays, it gets up, and it stays up. You know, yeah. It's also um, short. It gets out. Too. Dance to it. Gets up. Uh, gets up. Stays up. Gets out. That's my motto. That's my motto. Um, <laughs> yes. So definitely more electronic versions. So you get more of the like, you know, the synth arpeggios and like those yeah. like really kind of um, filtery, like high electronic piano chords. Um, yeah. Much, much busier and much quicker than the other ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the vocals have a lot of that like auto tune sound on. Like fast auto tune. Yeah, he almost sounds like country EDM at first, and then it becomes more like pop punk EDM in the the chorus. We haven't talked like, about country EDM in a long time. No, because it's rare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you get you know the pulsing beat, and then the doom, like various doom, doom. synth patterns and arpeggios and stuff that you often get with this sort of a uh, dancey version. Um, yeah. Cool, like kind of kind of a hollow sounding synth that uh, comes in the pre-chorus and sticks around for the chorus. Yeah. Kind of like that sound. Um, Another odd thing they do, um, first line of the chorus, they do it like very monotone. Right? So it it doesn't have the jump up. Right. It's we're gonna have it all. Yeah. Straight line. Kind of pretends that it did jump up by doing the uh uh-huh. Like the yeah, and the they break up the so it's he does that, and then it goes like, and then it goes rolling in the deep, and they kind of just focus on those two lines for the chorus. Yeah, yeah, it just kind of repeats that. It's kind of more of like a dance section, right? Like your dance breakdown. Mm-hmm. 
you know pulsing i mentioned the pulsing right Still yeah pulsing. And, so yeah you get that pulsing <laughs> bass and then we do a couple runs of that and then we get that like dance piano back in that and honestly when we were talking about the the lyrics i'm pretty sure i actually said this version of the rolling in the the like back backup line oh yeah instead of the um actual backup vocals so yeah it's it sticks in your head it sticks in your head it's a catchy chop up of the chorus and while some of the instrumentation itself might be pretty stereotypical, I, I think uh, like the Shia Maisel vocal performance is fun and reminds me of that cover of All the Small Things by that like child, Black Friday, I think was his name, who did the like, oh, yeah. all the small things eat up my brain, fucked oh, yeah. up in the middle of the parking lot. Like, is <laughs> that kind of weirdness? But I was like, oh, it's kind of cool. Okay. Yeah. Except they don't change the lyrics in that way. Yeah, they don't. I, they just um, chop them. No screwing, though. Yeah. Uh, they they uh, squish some other things together, like the second two verses get made into one larger verse, which is the length of the first verse. Yeah. Um, but then other than that, yeah, they just like keep it energetic, keep it kind of pounding beat, and then uh, make sure to have lots of space for dancing to happen. Yeah. With a familiar song, so it works. It works out near the end to get some strings in the mix. Um, yeah, we've we've heard worse EDM covers. That's for damn sure. Yeah, this one left a left a pretty good taste in my mouth. You know, it was like a, a sweet little treat, like a candy. A sweet, a sweet treat. A sweet treat. A sweet treat. Um, here's another sweet treat. Us getting into our final verdicts. We got three categories today: the worst version, the best version, and, and the version that you would share with your parents. <laughs> We're big Adele fans. Oh, that's a good. That's a good question. All right, Alex. What's the worst version of this? What is the worst version of this? I don't think any of them stood out to me in terms of being really poor or really good. Mm. I don't know. Maybe they did. Maybe I should have to think about it some more. Which one was the worst, though? I don't know. They all kind of had something going for them, I think. Yeah, I'm gonna take it. I'll I'll jump in here. Aretha Franklin. Sorry, I love her. She's great, but uh, this is a weird one. This is the the one I left the most confused. I was like, something's clunky in this. Yeah, it was definitely like we were talking about. Like it almost seemed like it made it, but it didn't. The other ones had an idea about them. Yeah, the uh, the other ones were all like like functional. Like, and they they even if they weren't the best version of that thing, maybe. They, I, I didn't really have a complaint afterwards, whereas Aretha Franklin was a bumpy ride on what should be a yeah. smooth road. Yeah, and I think I think I gotta I think I gotta take the same. Not yeah. to just back up, you know. Yeah, but I mean, look at the other hits. Lincoln Park. I mean, you could accuse it of being too stripped down, maybe, but I don't know. It's a it was nah. pretty solid. You got solid Chester Band. I vocals, thought it worked. I thought solid it worked. piano. I think it worked. The uh, the Jamie XX version. It's. It's definitely off the beat from like everything else. It's got like a weird dance vibe to it, but is it bad though? It I, like it left me wanting more. I wanted to listen to the Childish Gambino version to see what happens there. Like it's yeah, a, it's an interesting version. You got Amos, who yeah, a bit a bit jerky in the transitions at time, but like it fits the vibe of the the song, and they they really bring it into their crazy unclean world. You got Greta Van Fleet, who, uh, while not the, as bold as they could have been, they, they fit in a solid last minute <laughs> and a, a pretty passable first two minutes. 
Yeah. And like Blackstone Cherry, maybe because your weird biases, Alex, you could call them the worst, but <laughs> otherwise. I didn't think it was bad. Though. Like, just, just, yeah. I don't. Oh, that's weird. No, What's it's weird? fine. Sorry, I got a weird notification, but then I realized what it was, and it's a okay. Oh, okay. Just an Amber Alert. Yeah, just, just an Amber Alert. Right on. And then you got MKJ, like, and e- EMDI and the gang, and it's like. Make sure, yeah. EDM version, do some dancing. Fine. Yeah. It's a pop song. Why not? Why not? So I really think Aretha Franklin's the one who falls short on this. But who falls tall on this, Alex? Or, or who just falls tall? tall. The, the who Who's falls the best? tall? Who is the best one? Which one stood out? Did you have one that stood out for you? Um, I th- uh, it's like it's got to be. I think my my top runners here. Actually, Amos is a good case for it, but I probably wouldn't listen to that version myself is the problem, as I don't think I would endorse that to be like, yeah, let's pop on this version of Rolling in the Deep. It's right. just be so jarring for people. I would probably, it's kind of a safe pick, like the Jamie XX version's really decent. I like a lot of the, the weird elements in there, and they sound very cool. Um, I'd probably even do it without the Childish Gambino rap, honestly. Or... I like, or maybe MKJ and the gang, because that one's kind of fun. Those would be maybe my front runners. Okay. I do have a little fondness for Greta Van Fleet, so I'm like, I'm not sure. I'm gonna give it to. Um, fuck, you know what? I'm gonna give it to Amos. They're they're out there. They're making this their own. It was a wild version. It was. And and maybe it is not for everyone, but it's for them. They made it for them. They made it theirs, and it sounds well put together. So. There you go. A missed. That's wild. I didn't think I was going to pick that one, but sure. Hey, there you yeah. go. <laughs> what do you got for me, Alex? Because it amused me, I think, and like in theory ticks a lot of boxes, and I'm struggling with this decision, so I'm trying to like break it down. I think I, think I have to give it to the, the Jamie XX version. Like there's a lot of different stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And you know, always like to hear those vocals randomly go super deep and like, what's going on? <laughs> That's fun. So I think it's got to be that one. You yeah. know, it's got the most like novelty appeal. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna accept that as my my metric this week. That's good. I'm almost regretting my choice. I forgot about the truck <laughs> chopped and screw vocals. I'm sticking with Amos. Whoop. Solid Whoop. pick on Jamie XX. Um, Alex, it's your family's having dinner over, and you can slip in. Right. One Adele cover. One Adele before, cover. Before your dad hits the play button on iTunes. <laughs> What's it going to be? <laughs> um, okay, so obviously can't be the original in this case. Um, <laughs> they just hear rolling in the deep twice. Yeah. Like, no, it's good. Okay, fine. Time. They wouldn't even notice. Um, <laughs> they, if, if it was for my parents, I, that pretty much has to knock out like a lot of these. Um, You're not going to put Amos to them? I'm <laughs> not going to put Amos to them. They're not going to like the screaming. They're not gonna like some of the more electronic elements, I don't think, on the Jamie XX version. Um, and honestly, I wouldn't want to give them Aretha Franklin because I don't think they would like that version either, especially because of the auto tune. You know, once that mm-hmm. they'd be like, "What is going on?" They'd be like, "That's Aretha Franklin," and then probably say something like, "Oh, she should have quit while she was ahead." <laughs> um, I don't know. That's. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they wouldn't. Um, no, you're right. They definitely be like Aretha fucking. She stopped in 1970. Um, what's she doing? 
And then my choice is going to be obvious because I'm doing them in order. Um, I probably wouldn't like Blackstone cherries. I think a little too heavy, particularly if it's my mom and my dad, and they're not yeah. really into the EDM stuff. So I think it's got to be Greta Van Fleet. I think that's the okay. most palatable one to someone with like an older um, uh, taste, maybe. Maybe I think that's right. Frame of reference. That's yeah. And the thing is, if I was introducing it to your parents, I'd do Greta Van Fleet too. I'd be like, hey. You guys know that Led Zeppelin covered Rolling in the Deep? <laughs> like, Lie to him. That? That if I was giving it to my own parents, though, I think I'd give them the uh, the Jamie XX version because they, I don't know, they, they'd be like, hey, this is fine. I'd say, yeah, I don't know why I'm giving <laughs> you this cover. Goodbye. <laughs> but yeah, next time I'm at the family dinner with your family, if that ever happens for some strange reason. I'm bringing Greta Van Fleet, and I'm lying to your parents about it. I'm saying it's by Led Zeppelin. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Sounds good. All right, and that's our final verdict. So you got a similar opinion, different opinion. Want to talk about a version we didn't talk about? Hit us up on Twitter. Hashtag CoverMePod, at Jake the Cressy, at some Alex Wise Guy. Send us your comments, questions, concerns. You can also email us at CoverMePod at gmail.com. Rate us, review us. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. That's the one where you can rate us and review us. And your favorite podcasting apps. Tell your friends about us. We don't have a marketing budget, um, but we do have a budget for doing this, and that's not much because it's, I'm, in terms of money cost, pretty easy to produce. We did all the upfront costs. We're good. That's the end of today's episode. And as we always say, uncover me. Tears are gonna fall. Listen in to cover me. <laughs>